Grace to you and peace in our Lord Jesus Christ. Greetings to you on this Sunday after Easter. If you listen closely, you can still hear the distant cries of Alleluia, Christ is risen. This Sunday is often referred to as the Low Sunday, when churches have low attendance. After all the celebrations of Easter, traditionally people want to stay home and catch their breath. While looking out today and hearing the echoes of my voice, COVID-19 managed to do that. Only these days we stay home to keep our breath. If you ever experienced a major event, a wedding, a graduation, or even a funeral, there is a letdown of the week after. Things have changed in a week and life has altered. It is a liminal space between a major event and what comes next. Things will never be the same, but how are they different? As Barbara Brown Taylor points out, there aren't many week after stories in the gospels. What did happen after the disciples found the empty tomb? In the Gospel of Mark, the writer, as in the rest of the Gospel, is in such a hurry that he wraps things up with the empty tomb. Matthew adds a few lines about Jesus appearing to the disciples in Galilee, commissioning them to carry on. Luke tells a great story about two disciples on the road to Emmaus on the same day that Jesus vanishes from his tomb. The minute the two travelers in Emmaus recognize the stranger, Jesus is gone, carried up to heaven and out of their sight. In today's gospel, John lingers in the week after, after the empty tomb, and tells the story of Thomas, the twin. We have so wrongly named him Doubting Thomas. If we read closely, Thomas was not really doubting, but was curious. Mary Magdalene had encountered the resurrected Jesus in the garden. Two other disciples ran to see them for themselves. The other disciples had gathered in hiding and encountered Jesus as he walked through the locked door. But Thomas wasn't there that night. Perhaps Thomas's curiosity got the better of him. And he was out looking for Jesus in the streets while his fellow disciples were huddled in fear in that locked room. Those 10 frightened disciples witnessed Jesus walk through the locked door. He said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And with this breath of the Holy Spirit, Jesus was trying to resuscitate his struggling church. The disciples were hiding because fear had literally taken away their breath. You know, when you get the wind knocked out of you, either by a shock or a heavy blow, you find yourself gasping for breath. During this pandemic, we have gathered in fear behind closed doors. To venture forth without precaution, we could contract the COVID-19 virus. It can attack the lungs of a patient and make it so hard to catch a breath. Those of us who have not been infected 
find ourselves not being able to breathe from fear, but not from the virus. I don't know about you, but when I hear the words COVID-19, I take a deep breath. Is it because I can, or is it because I am breathless with fear? Am I too breathing in the Holy Spirit to chase away my fears? But Thomas was not there when Jesus appeared the first time to the disciples. When he heard that Jesus had appeared to the other disciples, he wanted to see and touch for himself. Being a curious fellow, he wanted the facts. He says, unless I see the marks of the hands of the nails in his hands and put my finger in his side, I will not believe. But maybe Thomas didn't want to touch Jesus's wounds out of some spiritual autopsy. What if Thomas is not wanting the proof that Jesus could come back from death, but the evidence that he could come back through death? Thomas didn't want to see Jesus all cleaned up and healed, but wanted to know in his heart that Jesus as the Son of God had truly gone through all of that. Curious Thomas is not asking for proof that God had raised up one who was damaged beyond all human repair. Curious Thomas is seeking the evidence that this Messiah knows everything there is to know about the worst kind of breathlessness and will never discount it. Thomas's faith, over the fear, faith overcame the fear of seeing Jesus as the wounded Christ. Thomas cried out, my Lord and my God, not because Jesus was all healed, but because he could be present and so damaged. Thomas then understood that this Jesus knows what it means to suffer and yet still bring peace and the love of God. Many years ago, I had to bring my son to Children's Hospital for tests. He was taken to a place behind closed doors, and I was told to wait in this massive waiting room. This room was teeming with other anxious parents and children. The families were clustered together and talking in low voices. Their faces showed the weary and the worry and anxiety that can fill every bone in your body. There was a sense of breathlessness. It was as if the whole room was holding their breath, waiting for results and reports. And then something happened that I can only tell about some 20 years later. In that waiting room at Children's Hospital, I saw the figure of Jesus walking amongst the families he would pause to listen to a conversation and lovingly rest his hand on a weeping mother or father. He would stand intently listening as a doctor in a long white coat gave the clinical news to a family. When Jesus is present, wounds and all, we too can be so curious that we reach out and touch him. In these days, I believe that Jesus is standing by the bedside of those who are struggling for breath. 
He knows what it is like to be breathless. He is comforting the weary health care providers and holding the one who is grieving. He knows what it's like to be weary and alone. Jesus can walk through our locked doors to ease our fear of virus or worry for those we cannot touch. He says to us, as he said to the disciples and again to Thomas, peace be with you. He is so close to us as the breath we breathe. Amen.